Welcome to the Compete Every Day podcast, a weekly show to help you harness the power of competition to be better than yesterday. Hear each week from performance leaders, coaches, and experts on the benefits of competition and how you can use it to win at work and in life. And now, your host, Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Every Day, Jake Thompson. What's up? That's right. We are back with just a few weeks left in 2018. My name is Jake Thompson. I am the host of the Compete Every Day podcast and your chief encouragement officer in life. Every single day is a competition. And man, we got to be after it. We got to be up. We got to be rolling. We got to be fighting against those things in this world trying to compete against us. That pride, that laziness, that complacency. All of it out there trying to hold you down and bring you back. But guess what? Competitors refuse to back down. They refuse to let those things stop them. And I know that's why you're here and I know you're committed to getting better. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. I'm excited to welcome to the show of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, high school football coach Tony Vance. Tony has a very interesting career, having taken one of the worst programs in the state to a state title and championship game. We talk about what it takes to change a culture, what goes into changing not only the entire culture and the mindset of a school and players, but of a community, and what it looks like to be a champion, not only on that field, but in the classroom and in life. And so this week, I want you to challenge yourself by listening to this show and think about what is Coach Vance telling me that I can apply in my career this week? What can I do to provide value to my culture in my workplace and at my home so that we are champions there? Because every day is a competition and you are either competing or you're losing. And I know you're competing. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's show with Coach Tony Vance. Coach Vance, welcome to the show this morning. Good morning, Jake. Thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. I'm glad we got connected by a a mutual friend and contact here in the community. Uh, Would love to hear a little bit more about your background to introduce listeners to who you are, uh, where you're at now, and and obviously a a big accomplishment in the last couple of years as well. Okay. uh, Just start with, man, I'm uh, uh, 12 of 13 children, so I come from a very large family. Uh, Grew up in rural Mississippi, a small town. Uh, right outside of the big city of Charleston called Tippo. But uh, graduated from Charleston High School, uh, left there, went on, and uh, got my degrees uh, from uh, Home Community College and went on and got my bachelor's degree and master's degree from Mississippi Valley State University, home of famous Jerry Rice, world's greatest receiver. But uh, right. <laughs> you got to plug Jerry Rice and Mississippi Valley State there. But, uh, <laughs> We uh, started coaching, man. I'm going to my 21st season coaching. And uh, just kind of one of those things that I was, you know, drawn to do, I guess. And I feel like this was my calling and uh, to be able to help young people and help them realize the importance of getting an education and uh, pursuing their uh, dreams and uh, whatever their career choice may be, whether it's college or military or the workforce, and uh, giving them every opportunity to do that. Uh, started my first year here as athletic director and head coach. Uh, I served as athletic director and head coach at my previous school at Charleston High School for five years. Um, 
And so this is my first year here going into this one as head coach and athletic director. So looking forward to the challenge. I love that. I love that. Well, and, and you've had quite the experience, I would say, success-wise, because when you had, you know, you'd won a, a state championship at, at Charleston High, and then, you know, you'd been there a second time, and then you got to uh, your current school, and, and things didn't start as easy. Uh, a little, little bit of a challenge those first, those first couple of years. How were you able to turn that team and, and really culture around from a, a focus and, and building from one that hadn't won until one, obviously, that won a state championship? Well, uh, the first thing was just coming in and uh, just reassuring the players that I was going to be here. You know, I was the fourth coach in four years. So uh, those guys had had so much turnover. Those seniors had had four different coaches every year they'd been in high school. And uh, that was a tough challenge. It was. And, uh, you know, it was one of those deals that, you know, kept you up late at night uh, wondering, you know, uh, if you made the right decision. Uh, left a very successful program at Charleston and to take this job. And, uh, you know, but we prayed about it before we took the job. And in the end, you know, we just prayed about it and, you know, knew that this is where God wanted us to be. And uh, that first year, we had some guys that bought in immediately. You know, guys like Aaron Farrell, King Coleman, uh, Khalil Pope, you know, just to name a few. Those guys forever stick out of my mind of guys that, you know, were doing the things that we asked them to do. And there were others. But those three guys just stand out to me. And uh, I always remember those guys helping us set this foundation. Uh, even when some other, some of the teammates were, you know, they were a little hesitant and wasn't sure, you know, about this guy that's coming in. He's our fourth head coach. He'll probably be gone in a year. So it started with that, just building those relationships and, uh, you know, fostering those relationships with those young men and getting them to understand and buy in that, you know, why we was here. It wasn't all about football. It was to make them better people and prepare them for life and give them an opportunity to be successful. And uh, I think once they saw that, you know, we started to change the culture. Uh, but that had to happen first, you know, uh, the discipline part aspect, you know, we had to make sure that we were doing things the right way on and off the field. And that was always my challenge to them. Hey, let's win in the classroom first. Uh, I'm just a big believer. If you win in the classroom, you'll win on the field. But if you're failing in the classroom, you're going to fail on the field. So we got that message across and we started having some success in the classroom and it led over to some success on the football field. Just last year, our football team for the first time ever was recognized one of Mississippi high school's scholar athlete teams. Yeah, that means our uh, team GPA was a 3.0 and uh, that was quite an accomplishment. So I think that's the backbone of what we tried to do here. Uh, when we came in, we had to overhaul a lot of things, including our uh, look. You know, if you're familiar with Hattiesburg High School, we, we resembled uh, in the past LSU helmets, uniforms, and everything. And uh, LSU is not far from here. But uh, so we had to change that. We had to let people know that there was a change coming. So we changed our helmet color. We changed our uniform look. And, uh, you know, we knew in doing that there would be some, you know, a little bit of hesitation and, you know, a little bit of, you know, fallout from it. But we fought it. And uh, and amazingly, we didn't have to fight it that hard. People really bought into it. And they began to see a different program, not just the look, but the way that Young men carried themselves on and off the field. And like I said, one of my proudest accomplishments was last year when we were a 3.0 uh, GPA or higher, and that's something we're going to strive to do every year. And uh, with that, man, uh, went into last year. Uh, first year, won four football games, you know. Second year, won five. Third year, won eight. 
in fourth year, won 10. And of course, this past year, my fifth year here, we finished the regular se- or finished the season 14 and one, lost in the state championship game to a very good West Point team. So uh, we feel like we're not where we want to be, but uh, we're certainly not where we were when I got here. Let me uh, let me ask you on that note. Was it tougher getting the change in the buy-in from the players or from the community about something's going to be different here? Uh, you know, I think it, it, we had to use the players. You know, me not being from here, didn't know everyone. Uh, I knew a few people, and uh, there were some key community members that bought in right away that helped uh, sell us our program, what we were doing to the other people in the community. But I, I think it was our players. Uh, letting mom and dad know at home, hey, we got a really good coach that cares about us. It's not just about football. And that message from the players within kind of protruded out to people in the community. And I think I give a lot of credit to our players. That's awesome. I love that. So when when you walked in and and you started changing things around and you started reinforcing the, the habits that they were doing off the field – uh, as well as those on the field. I, I imagine that the aspect of competition came into it and, and striving to be their best self, not not kind of taking a day off in the class while wanting to be full force on the football field. You, you had to teach them you got to be full force on both. What are some things that your coaching staff did to recognize those individuals that perhaps were competing uh, well, even if they weren't the person that was winning every match. And, and I'll set this up, <clears throat> such as if you're encouraging healthy competition, you want these guys to push themselves and go better, you're going to have some of those kids that they may be excelling in the classroom right now, but on the football field, they're just getting whooped. But they're still continually going out there every day. They're still putting in that work. They're still doing their absolute best. And, and one of those days, it's going to click in their favor. How are you guys using them? as leaders or, or models or recognizing them um, to get the other individuals who haven't quite gotten up to that speed, who haven't quite come into the mindset of putting forth that work eff- effort every day to get on board with the same program? You know, I think that's a great question. I think uh, one of the things that, you know, again, I give my coaches a lot of credit also, but just in the classroom, you know, we, we started recognizing those young men in the classroom that were excelling. Uh, and you, a lot of times you have some excelling in the classroom that may not be some of your better players on the football field. But we started to recognize those uh, young men with T-shirts, uh, on the road T-shirts. It was something we implemented, started doing. Uh, so that guy that may not be starting running back or receiver or quarterback could be recognized. And he could have on a T-shirt that not everybody could have. So we started doing things like that. We started to recognize our scout player of the week. You know, and we give a special award to that scout player of the week. Again, a guy that may not necessarily be the guy's going to catch four or five touchdowns or have ten tackles in a game on Friday night. He's just as important as everybody else on the field. So those were some things we started to do. Uh, and when we had our first athletic banquet, I, I think they've been used to giving MVP awards for this position, that position. So we didn't do any of that. The only award that uh, our coaching staff gave outside of the – awards that, you know, other coaches vote on, like y'all district, all state awards and things of that nature. The only other award we gave uh, was academic award and what we call a Tiger Award. And our Tiger Award is the most important award we give as a coaching staff. And that's that young man that, again, may not be your superstar, if you should put it that way, but he's that guy that does everything the right way. 
He's that guy that shows up every day, works hard. He's that role model that you don't mind your daughter bringing home. You know, he's that guy that, you know, hey, you wouldn't mind taking him to your house and he's going to do things the right way. So I think it was things like that that really, in essence, had not a lot to do with football, but helped build that culture and character. This is the type of player we want. These are the type of kids we want to recognize because your athletes, your your better players, they're going to get the recognition anyway on Friday nights. They're going to get their names in the paper on the uh, TV station. So I think starting to recognize some of those young men, you know, uh, was huge for us and a huge for our program. Let's let's flash back a little bit. You mentioned you grew up in in quite a big family. Did you – at what age do you remember getting out and playing sports and, and being active, competing against some of your other siblings? Uh, probably about the age of five or six, you know, uh, I remember and we grew up, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot growing up. You know, I tell people that all the time we didn't have a lot and I actually couldn't even afford a football. Uh, but I'm a little bit old. I don't know how you are, Jake. But I'm 43. And uh, <laughs> I grew up when their oil cans were had the metal tops or the tin top and a cardboard uh, base. And uh, that's what we use as a football. And I remember growing up, learning how to catch that thing. And uh, going out in the backyard or the front yard and, you know, uh, simulating what I'd seen Walter Payton do, uh, you know, on TV or, you know, uh, Cliff Branch, uh, you know, some of those guys I grew up watching. And uh, But I remember about probably age five or six and getting hit in the eye with the can because you couldn't catch it. And uh, <laughs> needless to say, you learn how to catch real quick. But uh, I remember that in competition with my older brothers, you know, uh, I give them a lot of credit. They made me tough. Uh, they didn't. They didn't take it easy on me when we played tackle football, you know. And uh, but I remember that probably about the age of six, seven, growing up and playing football with the big boys. And by the time I was 13, 12, or thirteen, I was playing with the uh, seniors in high school, uh, saying lot football, tackle football, and just uh, having to be tough, having to compete, and uh, not making excuses, and not give my mom all the credit in the world for that. You know, she didn't let us use anything as excuses of what we didn't have. You know, we learned to appreciate the things we did have and uh, get out and compete. And she let us know that we were as good as anybody, but we weren't in the building than anybody else. But we were just as good as anybody else, even though we didn't have a lot. So, uh, you know, I think those things early on uh, really helped shape and mold me. What do you What do you think, let me ask you now, and today dealing with, with high school kids and a lot of kids when they're first coming into you or – are dealing with just a lot of growing up and teenagers. And, and at that time, we tend to, we tend to believe high school is everything because for us, it's, it's our world at that point. What do you wish kids, more kids knew or, or realized before they got to high school and really before they got into your coaching staff's care, either about competition or life, um, and I like asking coaches this question because for some coaches, the change in technology and social media has somewhat changed where focus lies. Uh, for others, it's the participation trophy culture in terms of everybody gets rewarded. And, and so some guys don't have the opportunity to deal with adversity and, and learn to overcome that, that kind of thing in your world and, and where you coach and live, what do you see most often as something you and your coaches have to help a player learn when they get there that you wish they had learned earlier on playing new sports or growing up? I think the competition aspect uh, is something that, you know, uh, again, a lot of times everybody on new league teams don't get an award at the end of the year. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think early on, you know, uh, and I've got a son, he's 11. And uh, he plays AAU travel basketball. And uh, we just got back last night from Atlanta. And I think the early on, just the competing and not worrying about winning or losing, but just getting out, doing your best. I think there's a time and place to start, you know, focusing on winning and losing. But I think just competing and doing your absolute best, doing better this time than you did last time and understanding that, you know, I have to push myself and I have to compete against that guy in the mirror more so than anybody else. I don't have to compete against that guy on that time. I just need to compete against that guy in the mirror and make this guy in the mirror better. You know, I, I think that's one of the aspects that, you know, I, I think that we're missing a lot. You know, it's competing, that self-competition, that self-motivation and not caring about what's being said on social media or who's been recognized as a two-star, three-star, four-star, five-star athlete, but just competing and making yourself better each and every day and, uh, you know, being self-motivated. And certainly coaches play a role in that and, and making sure that, Young people understand that, you know, I have to be self-motivated, you know, but at the end of the day, I think it still starts at home with mom and dad and uh, the message they're putting out to uh, those young people and, and competing. And like I said, whether it's in the classroom or, hey, what is I'm the first one up every morning and I've got my chores done before brother or sisters got theirs done. You know, I don't think it's ever too early to start competing. Uh, but again, I think it's a time and place to worry about winning. And I, I think. You know, uh, there's a difference, you know, uh, between competing and, you know, worry about winning and losing. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And and sometimes winning can create a false narrative that you did you did great. And you did when if you go back and look at film, especially in a team game, you could have done terrible. You could have taken plays off, right. but the team won. And so right. you, you begin to believe that you can get away with that instead of competing to do your best every play. No doubt. I, I agree 100%. But I, I think just, like I said, answering your question, though, that I think it goes back to that. And, you know, we have to be careful of, you know, also when, you know, we don't win. You know, sometimes that can, you know, drive a young person out of sports because they, you know, they look up and the scoreboard is not in their favor. And, uh, you know, sometimes that motivates them to, you know, push themselves a little bit harder. So I, I think there's a fine, you know, line there. You have to know where it is and uh, you have to be able to balance it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and for a lot of kids, you, you got to learn that you don't always win in life, but how are you going to respond? Right. Just like you talked about, how do you respond to that when you don't make an A on that test that you thought, or you don't get that college scholarship or acceptance that you wanted? And, and so what do you do then? And, and really how you respond. And, and honestly, that's kind of what impacts the rest of our lives and, and what makes people successful. It's like your first season there, if you guys had been like, well, forget this, this isn't working, then those kids would have had five coaches in five years um, versus working through it. Coach, what are you most excited about this upcoming season? I think our senior class, a group of young men that, you know, uh, didn't win a lot in middle school or ninth grade, uh, but stuck with it. And, uh, you know, we've got some guys now that are, you know, rising seniors and they put in the work. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the opportunities young men going to have. Uh, I'm excited about young players. You know, uh, I think that, you know, when I first got here, <laughs> quick story, when I first got here, we had tryouts. And uh, after that first year, when we didn't win before games, and I remember about 12 people coming to the interest meeting. Uh, so <laughs> what a lot to pick from. Uh, that second year, I think the number went up to about 
15 kids. And just this past season, off season, we had an interest meeting and those that were interested in trying out for football, we had 76 kids in the room. So uh, just to see how our program has grown and these young men that have stuck with it and didn't quit, didn't give up, uh, believed in what the things we were telling them. So I'm excited for those guys and for our underclassmen to see those guys stick through the tough times and, you know, now have an opportunity in front of them to be, you know, as good as we can be. Love that. I love that. All right, Coach. Uh, I absolutely appreciate you being on the show today. This has been an absolute blast. Uh, are you on any social media if somebody wants to follow you, follow along this season to see how your team is doing and, and how you guys are competing out there every Friday night? Yeah, we're on Twitter. Uh, and uh, my Twitter handle is TV2P. Uh, and we also have a Twitter, uh, a school uh, athletic Twitter account, Hasburg Tiger. Uh, so. Uh, we use it probably more than anything else to put the news out on social media and use uh, social media to our advantage. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll connect to that here in the show notes. Coach Vance, I appreciate your time today and wish you the best of luck in the upcoming season. Jake, I appreciate the opportunity, man. And uh, as always, go Tiger. That's right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Compete Every Day podcast. To learn more, visit CompeteEveryDay.com. To connect with Jake or contact the show, email us at podcast at CompeteEveryDay.com. And as always, keep competing every day to be better than you were yesterday.